Welcome to the Intentional Instruction Podcast, a place where we are educating with purpose. I'm your host, Dr. Brown. This episode is brought to you by the Intentional Instruction Store, your one-stop shop for all things fabulous, fit, and of course, intentional. Hey, I-Team. Hope you all are enjoying your summer. I wanted to welcome you back to an all-new season. This is season three of the Intentional Instruction Podcast. Yay! (laughs) So I wanted to thank you all for your support and just tuning in and supporting the podcast, the blog, as well as the store. I truly appreciate it. In today's episode, this is dedicated to first-year teachers, and this is a two-part series. So in today's episode, I have titled this First-Year Jitters, A Message to New Teachers. Um, I think back to when I was a first-year teacher. That summer leading up to uh, the first day of school, I was extremely nervous. So many thoughts went through my mind. Um, I even dreaded the idea of being new or the new teacher or first year teacher and it was my mother who encouraged me along the way and she reminded me that everybody has a first year (laughs) and if they can do it so can you and so that stuck with me and encouraged me and so I created this podcast or this episode today to dedicate that to new teachers and say that to you there are a couple of things that I want you to think about as you are preparing for meeting your students on the first day of school. And prior to that, there are some things that, yes, you will prepare in terms of your lesson plans and you'll get your bulletin boards together, send out postcards to your students introducing yourself. You'll do all of those things, but there are two uh, things that I think will be extremely important before it even leads up to the first day of school. The first one that I think is extremely important is that you being new into the school or into the community, take time to drive through the neighborhood. Get a chance to know where you are going to be working, knowing knowing your or learning your surroundings and getting a chance to know where the students are coming from. I remember uh, years After I uh, began my career as a teacher, we had a superintendent in the district where I was working who was very purposeful about making sure that any teacher or any staff member that was new coming into the district, uh, whether they were first year or they were just coming from another school district, that they chartered the school bus and they went through the neighborhood learning the community. That is extremely key. Um, It has always been my belief that if we are going to reach students, we have to know where they are coming from in order to reach them. And once we do that and we connect with them, that makes the teaching so much more meaningful to the students because you're connecting with them. And as you learn the neighborhood where you will be working, it'll also be important that you incorporate some of those things that are very familiar to students into lessons. That's a way of reaching them and making the lesson culturally relevant to the surroundings and allowing students to have voice 
in the learning as well. So thinking about that, so take time, do that, drive through that neighborhood, learn the community where the students are coming from, and not just before school, before the school year starts, but throughout the year. Also, as you're driving through the neighborhood, take time to stop at those stores that are in the community. Support those local stores because remember, it's your money that is supporting the schools or the district where you're working. So take time to do that. That's one that I think is extremely key. The other one I'll talk to you about after the break because I want to talk not only about point number two when it comes to preparing mentally and just getting yourself ready for your first year of instruction, but there is also a point that I want to make when you think about characteristics and qualities of a phenomenal teacher. And so again, when we return after the break, I'm going to share that information with you. Stay tuned. All right, so we are back from our break, and I wanted to continue on with my second point. Point number two, get to know and build relationships with staff members and teachers. And so there are staff members who are currently working in your schools. They typically work during the summer. So those individuals are people such as your custodial staff or your maintenance staff your school secretary, and even school cafeteria workers. Those individuals can be great resources as they are familiar with the school and how the school functions as a whole. So I encourage you to get to know them and build relationships with those individuals early on. Of course, as you draw closer to the beginning of the school year, Teachers will be returning to the building to get their classrooms together so that they can receive their students on the first day. So, of course, you want to get to know your grade level partners, but it's also important for you to reach out to and seek the support of those veteran teachers and teachers who are returning to the building. That's helpful because as you will find, those teachers typically have great insight into instruction and best practices to support students. And those pearls of wisdom that those teachers share with you can go a long way. As I was talking before the break, I was talking about thinking about those characteristics or qualities that you may admire in teachers, especially as a first-year teacher, when you are working and building relationships with veteran teachers, there, of course, are qualities. There were some teachers that, when I began teaching early on in my career, they exhibited qualities and characteristics that I definitely admired. And when I saw how they worked and interacted with their students, it definitely pushed me to be my best and do what I could to support students in the classroom. Some of those characteristics, one that stood out to me was teacher, a teacher who just believed in having a very calm demeanor when working with students. And not only a calm demeanor, but at the end of the day, when school was over, 
school was over. You know, what you will find is that you can't get everything done, you know, in one day in terms of your planning. It, it may take time for you to prepare. Of course, you're going to stay after school and do all you can to prepare for the next day. But worrying about plans for the next month or the next two months, you have to know how to cut some of those things down and do a little at a time. And when you're doing that, you have to keep in mind, new teachers, that when the day is over or when the end of the week is over, it is over. Take a break. Go home, spend time with family, with friends, and practice self-care. And so when I think of teachers that do that, one of the teachers that I really admired was one who would take time to just totally unplug, to totally close the book in her classroom, close the door, and go home and take a break and come back and be ready because when you are relaxed and when you are well rested, then you are better able to serve and to support your students. The next characteristic or quality that, that I think about that would be helpful in supporting your students is to think about the instruction and the way that you're going to deliver instruction. And when I think about that, I'm reminded of a teacher that was fun and energetic. Students learn when the lessons are timely, when they are culturally relevant, and when they are well-planned. But students also take charge of their learning when they are given the opportunity to do so. So creating spaces in the classroom where students can work with one another, where they can work cooperatively, where they can share ideas, where they can share their thinking and show what they know, and where you as the teacher step back and give the students the space to do that. While classroom management is definitely key in terms of instructing students it is also important to create the, the classroom environment that will allow students to take charge of their learning. And so when I think back to a teacher that definitely had an impact on classroom instruction and how to engage students in the learning and take them along in the learning process, being that teacher that makes the lesson doesn't always have to be a fun lesson, but just a lesson where students are allowed to engage and they are brought along in the learning process will be key. And then finally, thinking about students that thrive because they know that they're in a space where they are cared for. That reminds me of the teacher that I admired who was a nurturer. When students come into your classroom, again, we don't know uh, what could be going on, what outside factors could impact the way that they receive instruction or the way that they receive any correction. That's why it's important to get to know the community 
in where you will be teaching so that you can better be able to reach your students. But definitely being able to understand and nurture the students so that they know that they are, they are in a classroom where they feel safe and they feel supported because the social and emotional well-being of our students is extremely important. I've always been that teacher that just believed in supporting the needs of the whole child. Students typically do not learn when they're hungry. And as the late Dr. Rita Pearson said, students do not learn from people that they don't like. And so it is important that you build trusting relationships with the students, creating those spaces where they are safe, where it is a school or a classroom community, and making every child feel that they are important and that they belong in that space because they are part of the classroom community. Those are some of the characteristics that stood out for me when I think back to teachers that took me under their wings and I was able to observe or to talk with them and get some of those pearls of wisdom from them and how they were able to be effective over the years. And remember, this is a two-part series, so I will be back later this month to talk a little bit more about some of those things that are also necessary for you to have not only a great first year, but just a great career as an educator. So when we return after the break, I'll give my closing remarks. More when we return. To read my latest post or to shop the Intentional Instruction Store, visit drspbrown.com. Starting something new isn't always easy. In fact, you might have a visual in your mind of yourself trying to climb the tallest mountain and never quite reaching the top. And that's when nerves begin to kick in. And that's totally normal. The other thing to keep in mind is that as you begin your journey as a first year teacher, you won't do everything perfectly. None of us do. And you will make mistakes. All of us do. But in those times where you are successful in your classroom and your students are successful, I encourage you to celebrate those small steps and those small accomplishments that you are able to achieve in your classroom. When I first started during my first year of teaching, I remember telling my mother how I hated the idea of being brand new or the new teacher. But her words of wisdom encouraged me, and so I hope that they encourage you. She told me that everybody had a first year. And if they can do it, so can you. And as you keep that in mind, and as you prepare for your first year of instruction, I encourage you to dance like nobody's watching. Laugh from the depths of your soul. And always 
remember to count your blessings and never your worries. This is Dr. Brown from the Intentional Instruction Podcast, signing out. But until next time, go out there and be great. Great.